0: And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro-wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, making us sound so good. And I am the super producer. I am Bill. Joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin. Juice Cannon. Oh, boom baby juice this week we had on another bright star of the west coast vegas scene currently residing in florida though he is the aerial chemist matt vandegrift thank you for introducing me to him by the way i really like him
1: i'm glad man i thought you'd like him uh He's he's really good. He's got a cool look. Uh, I like I like the punk stuff and um really innovative, fun offense. And he's in just the middle of an awesome feud in FSW with Jay Vidal, who's another just amazing wrestler. Someone I like to have on someday too. And yeah, Matt's the man. I had fun talking to him and shooting the shit. And I can't wait for uh, people to listen to the interview. Um, if you're not familiar with FSW, he. Has appeared in GCW a lot, too, which is GCW, you know, one of the king of the Indies right now. And he's been a few other places, too. So um, go to YouTube, check it out. He has his own YouTube channel, too, that he always posts his matches on, like, even, like, a couple days after from every promotion. So that's the easy way to check out his matches. Or you just write Matt Vandergriff versus, because that always works, too. You just type anything and anyone in any sport or wrestling or football or anything. You just type the player you want to see versus and it comes up. (laughs) YouTube's
0: beautiful. That it is. The whole internet has changed the way that wrestlers, especially indie wrestlers for that fact, can uh, plug and promote themselves. And I think that Matt has that unique look. He's a great guy. It was really fun talking to him, like you said, and I don't think I want to hold anyone back from this interview any longer. So ladies and gentlemen, the aerial chemist, Matt Vandegrift.
1: What's up, listeners of Top of the Cage? I am Juice, joined by my co-host, Bill, as always. And also, we have a special guest this week, the aerial chemist himself, a former future stars wrestling tag champion current fsw no limits champion and a two-time oh he's got the belt right there Uh, it's the one the only the aerial chemist himself matt vandegrift how you doing tonight man
2: i am doing pretty good how are you guys
1: doing good doing good excited to talk to you you're a character that definitely just with me really well, like uh instantly because i'm big like punk rock guy and that's like the vibe just following your instagram and seeing all like the neon lights and like the, the paint even incorporate that vibe in your wrestling too and the craziness that is your style it's just fun to watch you go so um first thing i'll ask you about is a current feud you're in and FSW Future Stars Wrestling, you're feuding with Jay Vidal, the former No Limits champion, having a little back-and-forth trading the championship every few weeks. <laughs> uh, which has been your favorite of those matches with uh, Jay so far?
2: Uh, right now, the I would say the casino show. Uh, the anniversary for FSW, uh, a few months, like maybe a month ago, I don't remember. It was recent, but that was one of my, one of my favorite ones just because uh, we are we weren't the first match, but we were the first match, like, after the, the Battle royal, and uh, it was just, it felt really good. It was like, I told him this after, but, like, me and him both agreed, like, we both needed that match for some reason. Like, like we know we're good, but, like, we felt like we have been kind of slacking for some reason, and, like, after that match, we were both, like, we fucking needed that. Like, and we tore it down. He was an asshole and cheated, but, you know, I got it back, so...
0: That seems pretty typical of uh, Jay Vidal. I mean, uh, during the most recent match, he was flexing the uh, the, the star to see uh, magazine all across people's faces. And, you know, it, it, and you ended up coming out on top. So, I mean, what do you have to say to that?
2: I mean, he definitely is a star to see. I believe I'm a star to see as well. Uh, we're both very talented individuals in different ways. Uh, both connect with the crowd different ways. But, again, you can cheat as many times as you want. He calls himself a bad bitch, but we all know Karma's the baddest bitch out there, so.
0: Fair enough. I mean, I've seen plenty of wrestlers fall to Karma, and I don't think Jay is going to be excluded from that. So you are a staple at FSW at this point, and you've had your fair share of matches and feuds there, too. Do you have a favorite feud that you've had at FSW overall?
2: Probably one of the most recent ones that ended out 2021 was with me, myself, and Damian Drake uh, when I turned on him after he came back and we went through like a feud. we did, uh, it was three matches, it was going to be two, but we ended up wrestling at LA Fights as well, but we had a, like a, all weapons we called the unguided warfare because our tag team was the unguided, so we just put the name on it, steel cage match, just weapons, barbed wire, tax doors, all that kind of crazy shit. And then the next day we wrestled at LA Fights just because the team we were supposed to wrestle over there was hurt. So we just continued our feud from Vegas to LA. And then on the New Year's show, New Year's Eve, the 31st of December, we ended up having a 60-minute Ironman match, which was something I always wanted to do, he always wanted to do. And it's just one of those things where you're just like, I know I can go 60 minutes. And we, we both did it, it was fun. Ended out the New Year as the time hit zero so it was fun and then this stuff with jay has been really fun and interesting as well just because it kind of just randomly happened out of nowhere so for the iron man
1: you both felt confident you'd be able to go for 60 minutes going into it but during the match were there any points where you're like oh we gotta finish this soon
2: it's weird because like i did one a long time ago in training with sin all on the uh on one of the coaches like we did it all on the fly so that was fun. But then like, that was probably like, maybe in March of that year. So like, I was just like, I'm gonna do it. I know I can do it. So I did it with him during a training session. And then that, I was looking back in my head, like, if I can do this anywhere, I know FSW would probably be the one to let me do it. So it's just got to be the right person, right timing and all that. And it just ended up being like, uh, Damien and I are just like, we're already close. So like, how can we make this more interesting for me and him? Hopefully the fans like it. I feel like the fans liked it. But like to go 60 minutes, it was just like the first 15 minutes were long in a way. It's like the first 15 and the last 15 were like the longest, because you just like. Right? <laughs> but like uh not as in like we were tired, but it was just like fucking hey, like like you like, like went by fast, went by slow, and then it was like, are we done yet? And then it's just like. The, the thrill life is going up and down and it's like thinking of stuff on the spot to do just to keep it interesting and keep the fans engaged and just taking our time and being more uh, like time manageable throughout the match
0: we recently had a guest uh who said that they would love to do an Ironman man match if they haven't had the chance to so what would you give as advice to a wrestler who's going into an iron man match like that
2: don't plan everything i mean obviously like we we didn't we just kind of like threw in some stuff to throw in at certain spots and just kind of talked in the ring and then uh definitely do your cardio because if you don't you're in there for <laughs> you're in there for a long time like cardio ring cardio all of it just like what i would do at training is uh, i usually would go in like a couple hours early like as students would come in i just have to get in there with me and we just like just wrestle like just do stuff whether it be training or doing spots just just being in there as long as you can. and like with this, I mean, students would just show up before class and just kind of run stuff with them because they're all at different levels. So you got to pace yourself differently with all of them and call different stuff that they know and don't know. So just always be in the ring.
1: You bring up just the cardio and especially for 60 men, uh, 60 men, Ironman, oh, 60 minute Ironman match. <laughs> wrestling cardio is very unique and even people in the best of shape can struggle with it and we've heard multiple times that it's it's tough it's a lot different than just going for a run so you talked a little bit about it but what's some specific things you do like that keep your stamina up before a match or even during a match especially with your such a fast-paced hectic high-flying style
2: So, like i'll i'll do like cardio at the gym and all that stuff too like Vary it out, whether it's like treadmill stairs or a certain amount of time, like 20 to 60 minutes. But like in the ring, you got to like move around the whole ring, hit the ropes, run the ropes, bump every now and then, uh, rolls, because that rolls, rolls tight, I don't care. Like, rolling your body is just, like you don't think it makes you tired, but it tires you out. So like rolls, uh, jumping in and out of the ring, going over stuff that you would do, like, Whether it's like, I'll do this a lot. It's like, I'll pretend the rest of the Invisible Man, like stuff I'm thinking about. And like, just run run through stuff like that. And like, cause that'll blow you up too. And it's just like, do the cardio that your style would need. This is the best way I would put it. Like I I do a lot of the fast stuff. Like I can slow it down. Like when it's like 20 minutes into a match and I got to go to the top row, like I got to make sure I can still, I don't gotta be like, oh shit, I gotta hit a 450. Like I have to make sure like, I know I can do this.
0: I mean, I've never done a flip in my life, maybe into like a swimming pool and like attempted on a trampoline. I think I broke my sternum one time because I tried to do a flip on a trampoline before. So I can only imagine what that would do after wrestling 20 minutes and you have to hit a 450. That's, that's something that I don't think I ever want to experience though, I'll be honest.
2: It's uh, one of those things. And also landing the 450 takes the wind out of you too, so
0: yeah i've never actually had the opportunity to ask somebody that question so if you don't mind me asking like what is the preparation to go into something even like a 450 spla- uh, 450 or just like a regular splash in general like you go stomach to stomach with your opponent most of the time right
2: try to yeah <laughs> sometimes my thighs but uh i've gotten pretty good at the accuracy on it just practicing on the crash pad by just like laying a shirt down but it's yeah just like it's body on body like they, they can only do so much, and you can only do so much to make it as graceful as an impact as possible. But you're coming, I don't know, like with the jump, maybe four, five, six feet in the air coming down onto somebody. Like, and it's like full force, especially with the rotation. Like, takes the wind out of you. I've given it, taken it. Like, it's, yeah. It's one of those where you're just like, okay, cool. <sighs> Goes to the pinion, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs>
1: So in those spots, what's it like when, when the spot calls them not to take it, but then to put their knees up? That must, like, just suck,
2: right? Like uh, I, don't, I don't call that. Uh, I don't. I, I did that once. I was like, I'm never doing that again. Like, I'll just move. I'll roll off the way. Just I'll roll. Hit me with something after. Like, I, I don't do the knees, and I, I try not to miss the 450. I'll miss the frog splash, but, like, I missed the 450 about a year ago when I was just on TJP. Like yeah, I'm like, oh cool, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll take the bump out of it, whatever. And I did it, and I hit so hard, like, cause I'm, I was like selling to the rose like, fuck, what? It was like my head was like all dizzy for a second, I'm, like, what, what was next? And then like, he hit me or something. talking was like, oh, okay, that was next? All right, I'm good. Just one of those, like, I had to take up a legit like second to be like, never do that again. All right. <laughs> so yeah, 450 Phoenix Flash. If I'm not hitting it, I'll just be like, roll out the way. I'll land it, roll through, then just hit me or something. Cause, yeah, cause like my my elbows already kind of fucked up from all the four fifties and frost flashes. So I'm like, now I only kind of hit them when I need to, even though I still do them every match. But
0: well, clearly, it's a necessity every match at that point.
2: It is now, yeah. <laughs>
0: And you are the aerial chemist, and I think for good reason. I mean, anybody who's ever watched a match of yours knows that your offense is extremely innovative. So how do you think of anything new or new techniques and moves that you can do with your style?
2: Uh, That's just one of those things where it's like I'm just in the ring, and I'm just like honestly just messing around whether someone's there or nobody's there. And I was like this thing I do now, like in the corner, I kick them and roll through. And like either if it's a triple tight, I'll steer the other guy or I'll just do the flip onto the guy. But it was like, I was just messing around one day. Like I've always kind of just, I've always messed around with that kick. And I never actually did it in a match. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And then I did it and I got a good reactions. So now I'm just going to keep doing it. Just one of those things where it's just like, just fuck around and find out basically. Like. <laughs>
0: when did you discover like the aerial chemist as like a gimmick was it your first character you had in wrestling
2: uh no it's just recent maybe a few months ago uh, I was doing like the falling with style stuff like eh, I'm not really liking that I need something that I can dress up with and I've always liked like uh I like punk rock and emo and like steampunk stuff so I was like Looking up jackets and like goggles and even hats or canes. And I was just like, I like this and I like this. I think it was AEW weekend is when I first tried it I was in Vegas for double or nothing. And like everyone on the back, that's sick. Like, yeah. And then the fans liked it. So, like, okay, I found something. And I won the title that weekend. So, must the worked. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, one of those things where i just wanted to try something different and i was tired of wearing the best so i was like i always liked the, the long like gothic punk stuff i just never actually been able to do it and now i'm finally just doing it
1: so i'm gonna backtrack a little bit because um i meant to say it back when we were talking about the jay vidal stuff when facing like a guy in especially in the same promotion where it's the same crowd watching it and and you're facing these guys in five matches or three matches what's that like to make sure each match is different and hits
2: different for me and jay it's like uh the casino show is gonna be a different match compared to like there's a third fsw arena shows because it's just a bigger crowd for the casino shows and then also we're building because we know we're gonna have one more match so we're, we're not going to do everything at the arena show you know we have a casino match coming up and also it's hard to top something then kind of like kind of go here with the match and then maybe bring it down so you can bring it back up here for the final match in my opinion and then like winning, winning the title that first time was literally found out like an hour before the match so that that was like one of those things like oh i'm winning the title all right cool right and then I guess me and him were also the first ones at FSW to like go back and forth with the title on a three week, two month stand. So it's kind of interesting to think about too. Just going through things. Uh, I know he was a little rocked during the last match from the week before. So we kind of all stuff around that to make sure we didn't cause anything to get him more hurt. So we kind of played around with that. So even though we still did a lot of stuff, but just this dynamic of doing stuff like that. So
1: yeah, I could definitely tell just because I was at the show a few days ago. It was still a really fun match. It was an awesome main event, and it was match of the night again. That was one of the matches I was really excited for. But the Sharp Remy match that was like the one I was most hyped for. But you guys stole the show, and that was my favorite match. And It's impressive to do that on such a stacked card because Ice and Hammerstone killed it. So I just want to say, you know, great job with that. And I could tell with the recent match that, like, it was a little slowed down. I thought it was like what you said, maybe just don't want to top the casino show and you want to just slow it down so you can build it up next time. It's always interesting to hear, like, you know, the stuff like that.
2: The situation we were in, like, we were talking during the week. I was like, yeah, let me know how you're feeling that way go mm-hmm. about how we want to do this match like if you're too bad like we'll tell joe to try to switch the match or something but like to like earlier on the card but we get there he's like main event such and such and such and such time like okay like okay <laughs> just we got it we'll do it and he was okay with it he was just like just be careful around this part of me and we'll be good
0: with that all in mind I mean you back in may had a, a series where you wrestled for a few days straight and even some days you had two matches those days so how does a wrestler or I guess you specifically prepare for that physically and mentally to be making sure like you can keep up with doing the match the next day or two matches in that next day and to also reduce the risk of injuries uh
2: like it depends on the match I guess like I know the first night I had a scramble so I just kind of like And my my big match was the following day so that scramble i kind of just did i did a couple new things and then the finish and i was good so i got to know i helped the next day with mike bailey and i felt like i had a really good match with him so like it was just one of those things where like i'll I'll plan ahead for depending on the match like if i had all singles matches then i would have done a bunch of shit throughout the whole weekend but since i had a scramble the first night i just like you know i'll get like my main things in maybe one new thing that way that everyone there has seen it they know it and then i'll hit the finish one two three be ready for the next day and then the next day i had a big big match with uh with bailey uh did a whole bunch of stuff with him we won, like 15 minutes i think had a good match i felt like but the next night i got hit up for gcw so i did the scramble so i just did two three things if that and that was it and then ended up doing, like, a gauntlet the next night where I won the title for the first time. And it was just, like, one of those things, like, the last day. I was like, I was like, I love doing this. So it's just, like, cool. But I'm also like, it's been a weekend. Fourth smash. No, it's, it's always fun.
1: You probably just wanted to fly home, just nap, and just
2: sit down, just watch movies, and just ice. Oh, the worst part's the plane ride. It's just the worst part. That takes more of a toll than wrestling, I feel like, sometimes.
1: I don't wrestle, so, like, I hate plane rides. I'm uncomfortable, and, like, I feel gross after a plane just normal. So, like, I can't imagine wrestling four, three, four days straight, getting on a plane, like, how long are you usually on a plane, like, from Vegas to home? Like, a few hours?
2: Right now, it's, like, four, four and a half. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those.
1: <laughs> Going a little back to... uh Full tilt match in a, your match with Bailey. Bailey's another guy like you that's very unique style, but not really. Well, I mean, he, he can do a little bit of everything, but he's more like the unique, like martial arts striking. How's it just wrestling with him? Is that like a first, like, new style for you to
2: face? Yeah, it was different. It was fun. One of the nicest, one of the nicest guys I've ever met, but uh, he was fun to work with. It's the way he would like think of stuff because he's. He was the the vet, as they say. So like, I kind of just listened to him more and just plugged my stuff in. But he was fun to work with, but he would, like how he would think of things and put stuff together. So that was really cool and interesting to see. And then uh, wrestling him in there was fun. Like, I felt like we had good chemistry. Uh, it went good. Like, I enjoyed it. So hopefully it can happen again one day on impact or something. That'd be cool. <laughs>
0: We'll definitely continue to put those vibes out there for you. That's for sure. (laughs) Speaking of impact and other kind of higher profile uh, companies like that, they travel all over the country doing shows all over and doing some researching for you. uh, I saw that you had an interview back in 2021 where you said that you wanted to wrestle in all 50 States, uh, which are left for you.
2: Uh, Quite a bit, but uh, I think I've hit about like 12 or 13, I want to say plus Mexico. So getting there
0: (laughs) which has been the most memorable for you out of them
2: probably when i did uh two of them come to mind are gcw when i went to philadelphia because i got a like please come back chance so that was pretty cool and then emo night for gcw in new york just because like it was this fun and it was like a concert and then uh i think there's probably like one more debut obviously Debuted at uh, Santino Brothers in 2017. Uh, th- and then, like, stuff like wrestling, like Rich Swan, TJP, uh, Darby Allen before he was signed. There's a lot. Like, I was in a battle royale with dc 3 I have to do stuff with them. So that was cool. Uh, i wrestled with Kenny King, Dre uh, Miguel, Mike Bailey, like, stuff like that. So it's like wrestling the, the guys that were somewhere and, like, getting able to. Be trusted to wrestle them and it's a pretty cool moment for me to remember all the time yeah
0: that's one thing i love hearing about when we talk to especially like indie wrestlers like when they say like oh i've, I've wrestled this name and this name and the, the most important thing was i felt trusted so when you are in a situation with like one of those guys like that do you feel like you you kind of come under their learning tree a little bit like do you feel like after wrestling matches with guys like rich Wan, tjp bailey you learn a lot more uh just about like the the, the world of wrestling uh you know, is there any like specific piece of advice that you got from one of them that you carry with you a
2: bit here and there i think the one that stuck with me the most was with tj you can learn from somebody like out of the ring after a match but like he was like talking to me and also teaching me like in the ring which was really cool like he was telling me like stuff like wait a second don't, don't go yet like not yet like wait for them like shit like that I, like I thought that was really cool. That, that, that one's always stuck with me, with TJP.
0: Obviously, TJP, another uh, kind of high flyer impact style. Uh, who do you consider some of the best wrestlers uh, that are high flyers today?
2: Uh, I'm just going to say my favorite wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> like AJ Styles, uh, Seth Rollins. Those are my two main ones. And like Jeff Hardy. I love Ray Phoenix. Like I'm not a big fan of watching like Lucha Lucha. But like I'll do some of it because of like the stuff I see Ray Phoenix do. And I'm like, that's sick. Boy. Like I can't watch like a triple A like Lucha on Lucha match, but like a lucha and American style match, I can watch that all day. Like that's kinda like how I try to have my style kind of be like, like maybe it's like a little lucha here and there and then it's mostly American style, but like Ray Phoenix can do some crazy like things and I think they're just awesome.
1: What pushes you away from watching like the lucha style, the a style?
2: Like it's nothing against it. It's just like I feel like there's like a whole bunch of things they do. Then it could have been some of the stuff I've seen. Like I know it's not all like that, but like some of the stuff I watched, it was just like, it's like no, like like some of the stuff I don't like, like the, the tagger rules. Like I I've done a few tag matches out there and it's just like so confusing. Like you don't gotta tag in and out. Like you can all be in there at the same time. Like the referee don't I I don't know, it's weird. And it's like some of the psychology stuff is weird. It's just I don't know, it's just weird. I don't I can't get into it as much as I can. Even though I like like some of the style like I'll do some of other stuff. I just, I don't know.
1: That's fair. I get what you mean. I just because i 'cause I'm kinda the same way. Like I've tried to watch like Triple Mania
2: and stuff, and I'm like
1: this is fun but like I'm kind of confused <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. different how they approach it.
2: Maybe it's because like we didn't watch that growing up or something. So like we don't understand all the character stuff maybe and like it's hard to sink your teeth into unless like you've been watching it the whole time maybe. just like sometimes I can't tell and I was like I don't know who that is. Maybe maybe that's that's it. But
1: then like when I watch, like, a different style, like a New Japan or, like, um some, like, indie, like, British strong style wrestling, like, yeah. I can
2: get into that. <laughs> yeah, I no, same. Yeah, so maybe it's just that. Maybe we're just not into the, that style completely.
0: It's weird because I feel like the only luchador I knew, like, at least growing up with wrestling, was Rey Mysterio. Like, yeah. it was only Rey Mysterio. And, like, he kind of had, like, that Americanized lucha style of, like... Hit that high impact moves, but still flew around the ring enough that you could you could follow him and would have enough pauses in his matches where he would let the crowd build up. Like you always knew when the build up for the six one nine was coming. You always knew when he dropped the dime from the top rope. Like you knew that that was like the big culmination moment of his matches. I haven't really seen too much of that lucha style myself, more specifically like AAA or anything from Mexico. But I mean, just looking at people like the Lucha Bros and AEW, like they they just do it so well and and just watching them fly around the ring just blows my mind sometimes like i said i i'm pretty sure i broke my sternum one time on a trampoline so i I can't even imagine hitting a wrestling ring
2: yeah that wrestling ring hurts
0: (laughs) do you remember the first time you took a boat
2: yeah i was like holy shit (laughs) i did it and i was like and then they're like breathe i was like oh yeah that's a good idea (laughs) that first bump makes you double think sometimes but then like You just keep doing it and it's just second nature. And then you start loving it and you're like,
1: ugh. Do you remember what the bump was?
2: Just a regular bump. Just a normal, just backfall. Yeah, just take your own bump. I mean, that's usually what the first one is, right? Like they just do little drill stuff. Take your bump, and if it looks like shit, we'll tell you and try to fix it.
0: (laughs) So I'll be honest, um, with the Santino Bros School, I actually hadn't heard much about it until I was doing some research on you. Can you talk a little about your experiences there and, and kind of what their tutelage to you uh, helped you learn and grow into the character and wrestler you are today?
2: One thing I liked about, well, a lot of things I liked about Santino Brothers was uh, when I was there, they, they made sure you wanted it. That's for sure. You, get, you would get beat up a lot when you're the new guy because, you know, like, not like beat up, beat up, but, like, they, they'd push you and, like, you'd, you'd get in there with, like, the guys that have already been doing it for a while and they'd push you and, like, top you and like all stuff like that but uh, like the curriculum was amazing i thought at least just like a beginner's a medium expert intermediate type stuff till you graduate like i started in uh july of 2016 and then i then july of 20, uh, not july but like summer of 2017 they had me like to do it with most of their uh, newer students before they debut they'll uh, Ah, uh, Joey Chaos has a whole bunch of like gimmicks that he had for like these like lucha shows he would do with like masks and all that stuff. So he just be, like, this video, put it on. We're doing this carnival show just to kind of get us like ready and prepared to like get those like nerves going. Then eventually, like you got gear. It's like, what? Yeah, get some gear. You're debuting soon. Okay, cool. Get some gear. Like, then I like had my debut in August. Uh, coming up, August seventeenth. Twenty seventeen, about to be five years wrestling next month. Oops. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that curriculum was great. Uh, I am the only one from my class that actually like stuck through it. So yeah, like I I showed up two weeks late because I was moving down to SoCal from Northern California with my buddy. My buddy did it too, but he like for a month like quit. So you know whatever. But uh, yeah, like. I think when we got to like advanced, I was the only one left. So, like, I just had to train with like the classes, the other classes, and other guys, like stuff like that. And then eventually, on my debut, and I'm going on from there. And then, like, people from Santino Brothers, uh, like, Tyler Bateman helps out over there, uh, Brody King's from there, Jake Alice is from there. There's a few guys from there that you don't think, wouldn't realize until you look them up or ask them.
0: Yeah, I know one of our former guests, uh, Zeta Zhang, also is from Yeah,
2: she's from there too, yeah. Yeah,
0: very cool. I mean, that, that is definitely a great list of names of people that have kind of come through there. And um, you, know, you are just a prime example of that too. And you guys honestly all kill it. Thank you one of the things i know we kind of were having a, a pre-interview discussion about it uh just is your walkout song i mean i think we'd be remiss to, to not bring that up during this interview so i know i know we were talking about what it is but for those of the people who haven't heard your walkout song before uh what is it and what was the inspiration of it for your character
2: so my song that i come out to right now is uh, sweet dreams uh, the manlin manson version and uh, the reason I come out to it, is actually, because I've always had it in the back of my mind to come out to it. I just didn't know when I would use it, because I was always using it something from Remake of the Horizon, whether it was Throne or like Ludens, and then when I started putting this new stuff together, and like, like it's not dark, but like it's steampunk slash emo, and I was like, I think this is the perfect time to start using this song. So I started using it before I did the full transformation just to kinda of get a feel for it. And I just it feels perfect. It's one of those things where like it finally like the light bulb turned on and it was like it was the time to start using it. And that's song I've always loved. And I was like, this is gonna be a great entrance song one day. Now it is.
1: This is not really a question. It's more of a it's more of an idea. And I don't know how realistic it, realistic it is, but um I was thinking just the character and I, I like thinking of like pops like promos and vignettes for like things like as a fan. My idea it's you and it's you're in like a lab, maybe like a high school lab or even just a set or something like that. And you're in like a chemistry coat, lab coat, and it's like neon lighting and stuff. It would ideally be in the middle of like a promo for a big few of yours, and you're like surrounded by beakers and stuff, and you're just talking shit while just you know playing with the beakers and concoct some shit for the match and like maybe like maybe it's like a hardcore match and concoct in like a a mist kind of like a asa style mist and stuff like
2: that it's funny you say that yeah i just wanted to throw it out there <laughs> i have already started prepping some shit so that's, uh, that's funny like I'm not gonna lie, I was like, I want to miss somebody. And I feel like that'd be great for this gimmick. And so you might see that soon. (laughs) But the Beaker stuff, I've been like trying to find, because I've actually been thinking of doing stuff like that. I've had other people tell me that. It's just like, I'm gonna be moving back to Vegas soon. So it's like, FSW has like this, like, this is just a wall, but they have like a full on like room in the office which is the black curtain. And like, you can turn the lights out and everything like I want to do something like you were saying, like with beakers and just kind of like doing a promo or whatever and have like maybe like a fog machine and like like the lights and stuff like that like that's stuff I want to do it's just having the stuff to do it like I've been thinking of that stuff and it's just I know I'll have a more chance to do it there because I'll have people to help film it and then I will actually a spot to set it up nicely and not look like some random indie promo but yeah that has been stuff i've also been thinking about it's just the the supplies
1: makes sense and hopefully i think fsw is a good place to i mean help you do that because their production is really good so i think once you're able to do it or something like that like you know i know it's easier said than done to get all that stuff and uh things and i was trying like not get too like big with my idea but uh, yeah, I look forward. And if you do it, dude, or something like that, definitely just tag us.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's no, for it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's this one guy that does uh, the camera work, uh, Mikey. He's uh, one with like the long beard and like wears like the hat. Uh, he, he's really good with the camera. Like he'll do a lot of uh, promo stuff or like he'll film a lot of that uh, like vignette stuff for like before match promos and like he'll edit that stuff. So like he's someone I'm going to try to talk to when I move back to like help me out was it was like we have like a fog machine for the entrances and like if we just turn that on a few times like it fogs up the whole arena so it's like get some cool like shots with that
0: i mean hey i i love it i think i fuck with it pretty hard if i saw that for sure all right matt so as we come towards the end of our interview here uh, we have one last question that we always ask all of our guests and it is a little basic but we like to have fun with it Uh, So what we like to ask is, this is completely up to you, your choice. If you could have any match against any opponent, and they can be from any era of wrestling, in any type of stipulation match, it could be a tag team, triple threat, hardcore, ladder match, whatever, any venue too, uh, what would you choose for, for your dream match like that?
2: Either I would choose either Madison Square Garden or... Um, maybe the uh, Levi Stadium because I went to a WrestleMania there, and because it's be closer for my family to go to. Uh, but the dream opponent would be AJ Styles, J- AJ Styles, and non-signed right now. Uh, I guess he's signed to like, Japan, to like Osprey.
0: Yeah, they, those are two names that I think you could definitely. Definitely have great matches with. And would they just be straight up one-on-one matches?
2: Yeah, it's one-on-one. Maybe styles can be for like a title or something, or, if or challenging for a styles class, uh, since I kind of use that as a finish right now.
0: And typically with this question, we do have a part two. Uh, and technically you do qualify for it. Typically, people say somebody that isn't currently active, but in your case, you said two people that are currently active. So it's gonna be the same question, but somebody who isn't actively wrestling right
2: now. Sean uh, Michaels.
0: That's the pretty common answer around here. It's funny. I would would
2: have said like Edge or Punk, but they're they're active now. But uh, probably Shawn Michaels. Um, I mean, Garbiano's not active, so I guess Garbiano.
0: I'll give you that one. I definitely would actually love to see that match between you two. Hopefully with Triple H being back in charge, maybe he's more prone to come back sooner.
2: (laughs) That'd be cool if he was. Oh yeah, no, i say those are the main guys that, like, signed and not signed. And, like, Seth Rollins. Like, I'm, I'm just going to keep naming people. So it's just...
0: <laughs> you can say whoever you want to. I and, mean, hey, you can fight them all in a gauntlet. You can fight them all in a six-man scramble. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> all right, Matt. Well, with the last few minutes of the show here, we like to let our guests plug and promote anything they have going on, be it upcoming appearances, social media, merch, whatever else it could be. So uh, with that, the floor is yours
2: uh yeah you can follow me on social media uh, instagram is vandegriff underscore ha ha uh, twitter the 209 TikTok tock just vandegriff. Uh you can follow fsw on all social media as well as future stars of wrestling uh no minute champion uh, you can catch uh the rematch with me and jay videl uh, on fight tv on august 21st if you're not in vegas if you're in vegas you can watch it live at the silver Nugget casino and uh
0: yeah that's about it <laughs> awesome well we are definitely looking forward to that and we've appreciated being able to talk to you tonight and we appreciate you coming on
2: thank you for having me
1: and that was our interview with matt that we just concocted in our uh podcast uh, lab see what i did there i'm so smart and clever
0: you you really are. I gotta give you credit for that one. Thank you, Bill.
1: Thank you. It was great talking to him and hearing his take just on uh taking bombs and wrestling and really really understanding a different side of how like the high flying moves, like the you know, the out- not the stuff to see, like not like how they work, but how you sell it or how much they really want to take those moves or how much they hurt. Like I've always like imagined like, you know, how do you want to properly like take it? How do you properly want to like perform it. I always like thought I'm like, is that like hurt your elbows when you like land or like if you hit like bone to bone like and he was confirmed, so he confirmed some of my things and he taught me some things that uh I wouldn't have guessed. In fact, that he's only five years in it's like twenty four I think uh, he's got bright future, and I can't wait to see what the next five years hold? I think I'd love to see him in like an impact that'd be cool. I think it'd be good fit and then you know, him tossing up with Mike Bailey again would be awesome because that was a bang of a match.
0: Yeah, I, I think that he even put it out there during the interview too of, of going to Impact or a place like that. And I think he has the tools and the skill set and the the character and the personality to really make it far in this wrestling business. And if if Impact is where he starts, I know we talked about in a previous interview, Juice, of, of what would get somebody to be watching Impact. And I think that that's a great start. I think Impact does really well with a lot of their young stars and how they build them up, present them. And Impact also does really well with like vignettes and how they shoot uh like cinematic promos. So I know we we kind of were joking a little bit about making that chemist sort of lab feel to a vignette. And I think impact could really do well with something like that. But again, thank you everybody uh who tuned in. It was really fun talking to Matt. Make sure you guys check him out on social media, check him out on YouTube, like you said in the intro. And actually, I did want to end with one quick story, just a shoot story real quick. Uh, I did say during the interview that I tried to do a flip on a trampoline once and thought I broke my sternum. So I just want to, I want to give a little light on that. I was at a Trampoline Park. It also happened about two years ago. So I, I was a 23-year-old person, so I should have known better. I was at a Trampoline Park. And we were just fucking around and there was a raised surface that would like drop into a, a trampoline. And it was probably like a four foot drop. So it was probably about as, as tall as like a turnbuckle is to the, to the canvas. So my bright idea was that I was going to land on my butt and then like flip and then like land on my feet. I've never done a flip in my life. I don't know where I came up with this idea. I was not under any influence of anything because that's super unsafe. And again, my 23 year old self was like, this is a good idea. So I hit the butt and like, I start to rotate, but I completely under rotate and land completely on my shoulder blades and like the base of my neck. And I am very lucky that I didn't get more hurt than I did. But all I remember is my knees touching next to my ears, my knees touching next to my ears, and just an immense, immense pain that did not go away for like three months at the like the base of my sternum. <laughs> so needless to say, if I ever find myself in a wrestling ring, flips aren't going to happen.
1: That's fair. And <laughs> I don't think high, high flying would be your style anyways.
0: Nope, I'd just be the meatball bruiser. (laughs) But again, thank you everybody uh, who tuned in. And if you have any other indie stars that you would like us to talk to, or any other cool characters out there that you want to hear us talk to, you should let us know on social media. And Juice, where can the people find us on social media?
1: Twitter, capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase o, lowercase d on Instagram t o t c underscore p o d o lowercase uh let us know we want to interview or maybe you just want to send us like stories of you uh doing stupid stuff on trampolines or doing some backyard wrestling and hurting yourself doing things that you shouldn't be doing but you just think you could <laughs> let us know maybe there's some superhumans out there
0: i fucking love superhuman that man's my hero
1: yeah that's a dream guest of mine too <laughs>
0: But again, thank you, everybody that has tuned in. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you do not leave us a five-star review, then you, specifically you, that person not leaving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. Fact. He didn't say it last episode, by the way. Um, (laughs) 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 And again, thank you, everybody that has tuned in. And as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, because I didn't say that, uh, we want to thank you all so much, and we will catch you next time.